Welcome back to Bad Dads. On today's episode, I will be briefing Nathaniel on the recent release movie Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantum Mania. In this episode, I'll be discussing the synopsis and what a great film it was that was family-friendly and you should totally see it. All this and more on this episode of The Bad Dads. Welcome back to Bad Dads. On today's episode, Nathaniel and I are discussing the recently released movie Ant-Man. Yeah, what? yeah, and uh, unfortunately, I have not had the pleasure of seeing Ant-Man. Pleasure. Uh, and, <laughs> and the Wasp in the uh, quantum mania world. Yes. But you have, Seth, and I think you're going to bring us some fresh insights into why this movie opened so strong and why it is crashed so badly yes at yes box office um yes were you not if you did not get a chance to go and see the movie i will brief all of it for you so you do not have to um just as a quick overview uh so we didn't review thor love and thunder which had absolutely no redeeming qualities all right um but ant-man at least has the ability to be somewhat entertaining all right um, in the same way that listening to Toby Mac's newest music can be entertaining. <laughs> all right? Shots fired. <laughs> Which is, you've experienced the same content for over a decade, all right? And well, some of the content was really fantastic at some point in time, if someone goes to experience the new content, they know exactly what they're getting, and they, and, and they get exactly what they want, right? Oh, yeah, so, for sure. All right. Um, so there's, there's absolutely nothing new about Ant-Man as far as, a, as an MCU movie goes, right? You've seen them all. You've seen this one, I guarantee it, all right? You're not missing out on anything. All right, <clears throat> so let's get to probably the two best things of this movie, uh, and that is Paul Rudd and Jonathan Majors, um, yeah. two very good actors. They carry the movie, um, and honestly, I wish that they were the only main characters because we had to deal with other characters played by um, Catherine Newton as Cassie. We had to watch Evangeline Lilly as the Wasp, we had to watch Michelle Pfeiffer as Jeanette Van Dyke. And they were all main characters in this movie. Um, every single one of them. Um, no, honestly, okay, I can't. I don't have that many bad things to say about Evangeline Lilly. You know, she's actually a decent actress. Oh, yeah, she um, is. I, I, yeah, lost all the way. And, and, yeah. and, uh, and the Wasp is actually uh, on the title of the movie, all right? Um, she just doesn't have anything to do. Mm-hmm. She... Yeah, but we no, can, no. We can admire her haircut, though. No, no, <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> don't, don't, don't mention that to me. And I'm not gay, but I know a bad haircut when I see one. All right. Um, no, s- sincerely, Wasp is an afterthought in this movie. Where they realized, oh wait, Wasp is on the title of this movie. Let's edit her into a couple of clips. It is that bad. Ooh. She has absolutely nothing to do with this movie, and she could be taken out. And, and and there would be, no one would blink an eye. It would be, it, it's atrocious. That's not good. No. Um, and the other two uh, feminine heroines in this movie um, are just awful people. Uh, Cassie has grown up to be this um, empowered young lady who stands up for homeless people who are having their homes, homes in quotation marks, 
um, taken away from them um, or being ushered off the streets because they're homeless. And uh, so she does some civil disobedience at the beginning of the movie and then uh, starts, uh, oh, what's the word? Um, shaming her father for not standing up for doing more good. Well, uh, obviously he saved the universe. And he points this out, all right? But uh, that's not enough for Cassie. No, 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 you have to stand up for uh, what is right. And I assume and that this is, <clears throat> it'll come around thematically to the point where she appreciates her dad and everything she does that that he's done for her and she becomes less of an activist and more of a hero um they they uh kind of they, they make vague attempts towards that but very good call um see because when they are transported down to the quantum universe and they find out that there's this bad man um uh named oh um uh king the conqueror who is down there and that they're he is terrorizing the civilians down in this quantum realm. Uh, Cassie wants to stay and help these people. And Paul Rudd says, this is not our fight. We want to get out, right? And, of course, Cassie is, oh, but we have to do the right thing. And it's like, shut up. This is He's totally right. And he's like, Cassie, I just want to protect you. We have no business being here. Let's get out. And um, would you say... Um that because uh, we, we we talked about black adam recently mm -hmm. uh in black adam the heroes the justice society get rebuked by the locals for interfering with uh things they don't understand Correct. you say it's accurate to say that this is essentially the same situation uh but in reverse okay. it's actually a good thing for them to be helping in this situation okay. all right okay um so so interfering <clears throat> is good when your teenage daughter is bullying you to do it right because 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 she's woke okay <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah um and and as it turns out they actually do have quite a bit uh to do with the villain and that's because michelle pfeiffer has a lot to do with this villain all right um uh she she is the reason that he is terrorizing everybody she helps him to get his suit that has powers that helps him terrorize everybody she almost helped him fix a spaceship that helped him escape from the quantum universe, um, and he would have used it to terrorize everyone else. Um, she trapped him down there and made him very angry um, and, and basically guaranteed that if uh, her or anyone else that she loved ever um, got near the quantum universe again, that they would um, probably get trapped down there by Kang. All right. Um, and she did all of these things, and... Um, didn't tell anybody. So do you remember? Do you remember? Uh, what was it? I think it was Ant Man two. It was Ant Man two. They got her back. Yes. And then at the end of the movie, they were going back down to the quantum realm to gather the stuff, right? Yes. So they were going down to the quantum realm to gather the stuff, and she was right there holding the buttons, and she didn't bother telling them any of this. Well, do you this think, is going on. Do you think? <laughs> That uh, maybe she had quantum amnesia? No. Okay. No. They didn't even try that far. They didn't okay. even try to give her quantum amnesia. All right. And and so as it turns out, Cassie, like any other 16-year-old little girl, is not only a woke activist, but is also a scientific genius because she's created a telephone that sends signals down to the quantum realm and sends it back so they can actually map the quantum realm. Mm -hmm. All right. 
brilliant scientist, the 16-year-old girl. Who yeah, basically quantum mapping, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. Okay. Quantum mapping, all right. But uh, Michelle Pfeiffer finds out that she's been sending signals down there. Now, mind you, they were sending Scott down there mm-hmm. just months ago, right, when the Thanos snapped, right? Yeah. Um, but no, because Cassie's sending signal, that is a terrible thing. And unfortunately, someone down in the quantum realm is able to hack Cassie's signal even after it's unplugged by Michelle Pfeiffer and sucks them all into the quantum realm and they're, and they're stuck down there. All right. And when they're down there. Now, would you say that's more of like a quantum kidnapping? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think that you're, you're spot on about this. All right. I'm just saying quantum in, in front of everything that I say. It sounds <laughs> <Yeah>. smarter. <laughs> it's absolutely. You do sound very smart when you say that. <laughs> so they're all down there and they get separated while they're all falling through the. The, the well, they're all shrinking and, and falling yeah. down there, all right. Um, but they we, get we, down. We, we saw the same thing in Thor Ragnarok, you know, when they were uh, there was the beam that sent them from uh, yeah, and then uh, someone Midgard flew to, out of one, yeah, and, exactly, exactly, yeah, yeah. So, so Cassie and Scott they get separated from the group, and the group is uh, Wasp, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer's uh, Jan, and um, oh, Michael Douglas's uh, Hank, um, yeah. all right. So they all land together, and of course. Um, Wasps asks her mom, right, and her husband, both, they both ask his wife, like, hey, what's going on here? Like, why was it that you, uh, suddenly didn't want us going down to the quantum realm and messing with it? Because you kind of freaked out there and then suddenly we're stuck down here. So, uh, you seem to know a lot about what's going on mm-hmm. and you were stuck down here. So what's right. going on? Right. And she doesn't tell them. But doesn't she have all these quantum powers though that she got from being in the quantum realm? Yes. Yes. And she kind of just uses them very mysteriously like she just knows the ways of the quantum realm okay and and she doesn't really teach it to them she just shows them how to do it very mysteriously okay okay (laughs) because because it's it's all for 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 the dramatics right it's all leading up to something right she doesn't want to tell anyone anything oh i don't have time to tell you these things now i'm pretty sure she does uh, well, they have to walk a long way, and I, I'm sure they had a lot of time to talk about it, but uh, she doesn't, she doesn't, she doesn't. So, does she subscribe to the J.J. Uh, Abrams uh, mystery box storytelling oh, philosophy? Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> yes. Yes, she does. That is all her character is, okay? Like, 30 minutes into the movie, when she finally tells you what is happening... She tells her story about how she met Kang the Conqueror while she was down there and how she helped him repair her ship. She didn't know he was bad, and then um, he was about to get out, and then she touched his spaceship, and because the spaceship is connected to his mind, she saw all the evil things that he did, and so she turned against him, and she... Um, she didn't do this sooner? She she waited until the last minute to... I mean, better late than never, I guess. Well, but... she, she helped him fix the ship. And then the ship, when it was working, is when she touched oh, it. Oh, I see. Yeah, okay, so, yeah, okay. Um, so then there was a little power core, um, and she stole it, and she blew it up with pin particles. So it was just this massive thing, and um, and so he's stuck there forever. All right, uh, but she was also stuck down there too because the spaceship was supposed to be her ride home. So okay. that's why she got stuck down there permanently. Right. Um, and then, and so Kang was out for her and she became part of the revolution against Kang down mm-hmm. in, down in the, so, and so she's a famous revolutionary fighter down in the, in the quantum realm. Yeah. And so she finally tells us all of this information about, you know, 30, 45 minutes into the movie and then her, her character is gone for the rest of the movie. So oh, wow. she's a literal plot device and she 
so much of the story revolves around her, and yet after that information is given, it she, she doesn't matter in this in the story anymore. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> so then we move on. Um, ah, and then it kind of just becomes, you know, Ant Man versus Kang, right? Well, that sounds pretty good, and and it actually is very good. Kang, um, J- Jonathan Majors is um, becoming one of my favorite actors. He in Hollywood right now. He's just absolutely fantastic with the role. Yeah, um, gives it a certain life that um, is worthy of a Thanos esque uh, villain who is going to be the new villain for probably the next um phase what is it five phase, phase five, five yeah, yeah. Plus six yeah whatever phase we're in these days yeah maybe two phases i don't know um but it, uh absolutely fantastic but um th- th- there's just so much garbage in the, the, the storytelling where you know you can kind of guess how the rest of it goes right they're down there and kang wants to escape and so he's going after jan and so, but then he captures Ant-Man and then he sends Ant-Man down to the place where his thing blew up so that Ant-Man can use his particles to shrink it back down so it can be fixed, so he can get out in his spaceship. Okay. And... And Kang can't do that? Uh, no, no, no. You need pin particles to do it. Well, why doesn't Kang use the pin particles to do it? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, I like Paul Rudd, so you know, any any plot device to get Paul Rudd in the movie, I'm yeah. down with. Okay, yeah, 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 and of course, and of course, he captured Cassie, so Cassie is, I'll kill your daughter if you don't do this for yep, me. So yep. he does it, and Paul Rudd, um, his one main driving force in this movie is uh, Cassie, which, as bad of a character as Cassie is, you can at least appreciate that in Paul Rudd's character. Like, all right, it's for his daughter, so yeah. he's he's got his thing. Right. Um, Kang, you aren't quite sure what his motive is, right? It's to get out and to terrorize everybody, but you're not sure yet why he wants to just terrorize everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but Kang's biggest issue in the entire movie, and this is a writer issue, is his power level is insane. Like, I think if he were and Thanos were to fist fight, and Thanos didn't have any of the Infinity Stones. Even if he did have one or two of the stones, I think Kang would win. He's, like, that powerful. It, it, at least in his suit. He mm-hmm. has some sort of a suit um, that gives him some sort of, like, telepathic power. Okay. And it is pretty powerful. And he can blast, like, lasers from his from his fists. Um, uh, what else? Um, he does a few things through the movie that you, you can see, like, oh, wow, this dude is legit. All right? Mm-hmm. Um... He can't find his way out of the quantum realm, but he's really powerful. Correct. Okay. And, uh, you know, when when he's really mad and he wants to just kill you, and there's all of these like CGI creatures who are all the good guys, all of the citizens, they're running at you, and he blasts them with his fist, and they all get vaporized. Oh, and then here comes Ant-Man, who's just a normal human, and Wasp, and they're all shrunken down like tiny little bees. Mm-hmm. And he just swats them aside, and they have to sh- shrink back to the nor- or grow back to the normal size. And they're like, "Oh, we got hurt so bad." It's like, "No, you're vaporized. You're dead. You're finished. Movie's over. There's no way, no way you didn't yes. get vaporized." Yes. You know, there's things like that where you're just kind of like, "All right, come on, come on." Clearly, he's like 
You guys are just dead. There's no way anyone could hide from him. Yeah, it sounds like maybe he's in the wrong movie, or Ant-Man's in the wrong movie. Yeah. Like maybe they should have picked someone a bit more... Uh, his only... Because, you know, it's funny, in <clears throat> Ant-Man 2, Ant-Man and the Wasp, uh-huh. the, the the villain is the the ridiculous guy in the suit who just wants the technology for himself. He's, you know, he, he talks like in the southern accent and is kind of a dweeb. I don't remember if you remember that guy, but... I don't remember that at all. <laughs> It's funny. It's hilarious. But that, like, that's the, the villain who Ant-Man should be fighting. You know, yeah, just yeah. A... yeah, just the normal guy, Joe right. Schmo. <laughs> he can beat Joe Schmo. Right. Which leads me to the very end fight. The end fight comes down to Kang versus Paul Rudd, all right, yeah. in an epic face-off. Right. Where Paul Rudd has his face, face mask smashed in, and he can no longer shrink down as Ant-Man, and yeah. he is suffering because he's a normal human. Yeah. And Kang, who got munched on by a couple of ants they have a fist fight who do you think wins well i've seen jonathan majors recently yes. after he was jacked for his role in creed yes and paul rudd's 50 something now yeah so yep. uh yeah i'm gonna go with paul rudd because... <laughs> <laughs> you're right paul rudd wins the fist fight paul rudd wins <laughs> oh my goodness and he got the the everlasting, I don't just beat out of him. It is so bad this beat down. Like, how is anybody still alive after this beat down? And it was a little bit more gruesome than I even felt comfortable sharing with little kids. And I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> and he like gets up and just uses a couple of pin particles to just epically destroy Kang somehow. I don't know. I don't know. Um all right, so that's the story. It, it's a pretty, it's a pretty awful story. I, I didn't have a good time with it at all. Um, a, a few other notes: the, the CGI is pretty bad, um, actually, really bad. So much so that there were stories come uh, that came out about um, some of the artists were making excuses about why it was so bad. That there was another. The big focus was Black Panther. Yes, and that's so right. it got so few resources, and it it really shows. Um, because the the movie takes place in the quantum realm, almost everything has to be done on a green screen. Right. And the lighting is so obnoxiously bad. It's You can tell they're on a stage set, and yet the quantum realm looks like it's almost like a normal Earth setting. There's a sun. You know, there's there's a, a global light source, but yeah. you can tell they're on a stage. It's, it's actually really awful. And... Um, that's one of the things about the movie that it really tried to go for was these epic landscapes um, that set up the quantum universe realm. And I, I got to say, some of the set pieces they came up with were very interesting and cool in a in a um, Star Wars kind of way where you got to see some new cool things. But just the, the way everything was lit and the characters that interacted with it made it feel fake yeah. and Play-Doh-y, and it was pretty awful yeah in fact um, so they, they fired this came a couple days ago they right they fired their head of uh visual effects um and really they, yeah so um i think this is something that disney is aware of and yeah right you can get away with that sort of thing uh-huh. for a little bit when your money's when your movies are making a lot of money yeah but but um uh ant-man and the wasp and Qu- the quantumania is uh it's gonna lose money yeah and yep for these movies that cost over 250 million dollars you know 
quarter of a billion dollars. You can't be losing money. No. And um, that's no. Uh, that's a big problem. And so <laughs> when people are criticizing your special effects as as a, as a fault point, and there's other. It sounds like there's screenwriting issues that are also yes. at fault here, and not just the special effects. But that's the, I think is going to be there's going to be many people to there's going to be restructuring at Disney and specifically Marvel. Yes. Because of just the results, right? I don't, I don't even have to see the movie to know that. Um, it's not okay yeah you know, what's going on in marvel right now yep I, I i completely agree i think this had to be a waking up moment for for marvel where i think they it seems like they were trying to get back to their phase one let's just make a good movie that everyone enjoys and i think you saw that in the opening weekend's box office numbers where everyone was willing to give marvel another shot like yeah. all right this is their big thing this is the big movie. We're supposed to see Kang. This is going to be really big. Let's go ahead and give it a shot. And I was one of those people. Although I have to admit, not that I don't want to be super, you know, high on myself, mm-hmm. um, but I, I saw the, the trailer for Black uh, Black Panther two, and that mm-hmm. was a good trailer. The trailer for Ant Man and the Wasp and Quantumania did not look good, in my opinion. There was nothing about that that promised to me that this was going to be a good movie. And yeah, you can make you can make a good trailer for a bad movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have a bad trailer, I have yet to see a good movie that has a bad trailer. And, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Well, yeah, I mean, from what I remember, I think the biggest thing that made me want to see the movie was just Jonathan Majors as Kang. Yeah. Because I really liked his uh, um, episode, I guess, from Loki right. that he was featured in. I liked the character. Um, I knew that Kang was the central villain for Marvel moving forward. And so where Marvel has been, and there's been a lot of complaints about this, feeling disconnected through Phase 4, where there's all of these different stories and coming out with you know new series every other week um, that just aren't connected in any way that Kang as a character was going to give some sort of structure to the MCU yeah. that we've all been looking for and waiting for another Thanos um, to unite everyone to, to start um, piecing these storylines back together. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and so to that effect, this movie was successful at that, reintroducing this character. Um, you got to see that because it's a multiverse, there's plenty of other Kangs out there. Um and he will be the main villain moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as actual, um, you know, stakes went in the movie, there aren't many. You can skip over this if you're doing a marathon. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Right. And that's and that's problematic. Uh, I think where if you're going to introduce him <clears throat> as your main villain, yeah, you need something better than just a disposable movie, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. That's not good. Not no. good. No. Not good at all. So, I will close this out with giving it a fad rating, an audience review, and my best and worst. <clears throat> so, first off, with the fad rating, I'm going to give this a ballpark hot dog with only ketchup. <sighs> Ooh, ouch. Now, if you're really hungry, Nathaniel, those aren't bad. <laughs> All right. Uh, audience review. Moshi gave this film four and a half stars on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. He says, great humor and exciting action. Quite a visual spectacle. Scott Lang is just such a wholesome character you can't help but love once again on his ant sighting adventure versus Kang in the quantum realm. Oh boy, that's bad. <laughs> Woo! 
That's a stretch. <laughs> Let's go Moshi. I, he went for it. He went for it. All right. <clears throat> um, for my Fat Awards, for my very best in the movie, there was a, a Bill Murray cameo. Mm-hmm. All right. And I actually kind of enjoyed it. He played a weird, quirky character. Um, and so that was fun. My worst for the movie was that very same Bill Murray cameo. Because <laughs> <laughs> in the cameo, he plays... A, a social elite who is part of the revolution who has an old um like history with Je- uh with uh Jeanette oh boy and <laughs> oh no so <laughs> they're all sitting at dinner right and, and Jeanette's got Hank and her daughter at this table with this strange man and it's not clear why they all went to dinner with this dude because they want answers. They want to find out where Scott and Cassie went to, right? Yeah, right and right. she thinks that he has information, even though they just got there. Um, and and he basically tells everybody that he and Jeanette had this love affair way back in the day, right? And if you want to picture Bill Murray and Michelle Pfeiffer having a love affair, I, I yeah, that's the picture that starts getting put into your mind by by these writers. And then, if if that wasn't bad enough, after the scene, um, th- there's like a, a fight breaks out, and um, Bill Murray's character gets eaten up or whatever. And then <laughs> um, they all escape on this spaceship. That's really weird. And um, Hank and Jeanette start having this back and forth, where oh, they start no. talking about how awkward that was. And um, one of Michelle Pfeiffer's lines is, "I had needs." Oh no. <laughs> So, listen, oh, boy. listen, not um, only was that not funny, <laughs> that was gross, <laughs> and Marvel, if I ever hear one of those types of jokes, if I ever see anything like that ever again in the movies, I'm done with the Marvel Universe, I'm not even giving it a third oh, chance, we're, we're done, we're done here, mm-hmm. that you're, you are... That is the the worst type of humor you could possibly put into your film. Seth All is right. going to be dead, 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 dead <laughs> in the universe. Are you listening, Kevin Feige? <laughs> dead. That's dead. <laughs> We're not discussing it on this podcast. No more. One more time. <laughs> All right. That's all I got, Nathaniel. Um, so tell me, have I convinced you to, that you need to watch this movie? You know, I used to be a Marvel fanboy. I used to go see all these movies, uh-huh. and because I, yeah, I love the comics, and uh, I've started to lose track. I've started to um, lose my way a little bit in terms of watching the shows and keeping up with all of it. And um, you know, I think I'm good. I'm all not right. even sure this is a DVD pickup for me. <laughs> no, 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 sir. Uh, it might. What this what this is is it's going to be a YouTube clip. <laughs> Movie for me, where I'll try to find the clips with Paul Rudd and Jonathan Majors and uh, call it a day. That'll be enough. Yeah, anyway, so um, I think that kind of wraps up this uh, this overview. Um, and so if you have not seen the movie, uh, tread wisely, tread carefully. Yes. And uh, that's, that's saying it for me. I'm Nathaniel. And this is Seth. And this is Ben. The Fad Dads.